This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Time to get another week going here on the Built by Bama online podcast. It is BOL Daybreak on this Monday, February the 10th. 2020 Travis Ryer, senior analyst for BOL with you three times per week here on Daybreak. This one on the heels of a very, very busy weekend on a multiple of levels. Uh, you had a lot of action involving University of Alabama athletics over the weekend. I was out on the West Coast able to take in a couple of basketball games involving the oldest daughter and her team, the Rainbow Wahini of the University of Hawaii, the central coast of California. Not all that bad, folks. You know, if you go out to L.A., jump in a car sometime and take the 101 North, the PCH and, you know, those type of outlets there as you move into that central coast. Santa Barbara isn't all that bad. I guess there's a reason why Oprah dropped 90 million on a compound up there in Santa Barbara. Uh, after seeing the area in depth for myself, I get it now. I get it, Oprah. But a lot to talk about in relation to Alabama athletics, thankfully to the miracle of technology when it comes to mobile devices and streaming platforms. Really didn't miss anything during my time out west over the weekend. Was able to keep track of everything happening back here in the southeast and right here in Tuscaloosa. It was a big power of the pink weekend. You had Alabama gymnastics on Friday night getting a win over the Missouri Tigers. That's win number two in as many weeks for Dana Duckworth's team. This one, most importantly, involved a season high score of 197.550. That's the highest score for Alabama gymnastics, by the way, since the 2016 season when the Crimson Tide posted that very number in a meet four years ago in 2016. So kudos to the Alabama gymnastics team on a big night, certainly a legacy, a part of the incredible legacy left by Sarah Patterson, the national championship coach here at Alabama for so many years was the power of the pink movement which makes us more and more aware of breast cancer research uh, and continues to generate funds in the research and hopefully the cure ultimately for breast cancer. And then on Sunday, you had Alabama women's basketball and its version of a Power of the Pink performance, making it a regular season sweep of the rival Auburn Tigers with a 68-64 win at Coleman Coliseum. So a, uh, a very productive Power of the Pink weekend in Tuscaloosa. Meanwhile, over in Athens, Georgia, on Saturday evening, a do-or-die type of situation for Nate Oates' team. And he's got to be happy with the way his club responded, showing some real grit, some real courage, some chin in coming back from that second-half deficit 
And when Georgia got up double digits there with about five minutes gone in the second half, raise your hand if you really felt good about Alabama's chances to come back and win that basketball game. Yeah, if you're raising your hand right now, you know you're a liar. That or you're not really an Alabama fan because uh, it didn't look good. Didn't look good. But the Crimson Tide goes on a 20-6 to run there in the second half to take a two-point lead, kind of a dogfight, so to speak, from that point through regulation. Alabama with a chance on a day in which Kyra Lewis Jr., in my opinion, was the best player on the basketball court. Easy to say that, seeing as how he scored 37 points, a career high for the sophomore point guard. But that is saying something, because Anthony Edwards for the Georgia Bulldogs is widely considered to be the odds-on favorite to be the number one overall selection for the 2020 NBA draft. So Kyra sort of stole the show over there uh, in Athens on Saturday. Kyra could have hit the 40-point mark in that game. Missed five free throws, 10 of 15 from the free throw line. Not going to bang on Kyra too much for that because he played 42 of the 45 minutes in the game. And he plays most of those minutes on the basketball as a point guard. And I can tell you, if I went out in my driveway right now, first of all, it would be a problem because at this hour, someone would call the police if I was banging around a basketball out in the driveway. But if I just tried to dribble a basketball for 42 or 45 minutes, I don't think I could do it. And that's with no one around. That's with no one around. This is Kyra Lewis doing it at the Power 5 level in college basketball. So a heroic performance from Kyra Lewis Jr. on a day in which, in a game in which, Alabama needed some heroes to emerge. And while John Petty continued to have his struggles from the three-point line, you still get 21 points from Petty. That's his first double-digit scoring effort in four games. So good to see a return to that type of production in the points column from the junior guard, uh, JV and Davis. Sometimes you got to get it from unexpected outlets, too. And J.B. and Davis was that guy on Saturday evening, giving Alabama 13 points and eight rebounds in just 23 minutes of work. Going to have foul trouble. Going to have some foul issues with J.B. more often than not. Uh, but it was nice to see for a change an Alabama post actually lead Alabama in rebounding because this has been more of a guard-type oriented full complement of players-oriented rebounding approach for this Alabama team. But J.B. and Davis with 13-8 and eight came up big as well. And Alabama kept the turnovers to a manageable number. 14 turnovers in 45 minutes for this team. You can live with that. And in fact, Alabama actually won the points off turnovers battle. 17-10. to 10. Second chance points went to Georgia. Bench points went to Georgia. Uh, but Alabama, when it needed it most, uh, again, it had more of the, the heroes, uh, in the game led by Kyra Lewis Jr. And, you know, and sometimes guys, you don't talk about a lot that, that give you exactly what you need in some big situations. And, you know, they're, they're not the guys that are going to be in the headlines of games, but, you know, again, for Alabama, JV and Davis, uh, with his performance, um, you know, Beetle Bolden. Beetle Bolden hit one of the bigger shots probably the entire game. I think it was a 12-point game at the time. Bolden hits a three to get it back inside double digits. 
you know, he ends up playing 35 minutes. This is a guy coming off. We talk about, you know, all heroes don't wear capes. Well, you know, James Bolden has had, James Beetle Bolden's had a hard time keeping food down over the last couple of weeks. And he goes out and gives you 35 minutes, 5 of 11 from the field, 11 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists. Uh, so it, it takes a little bit of that from a lot of different guys uh, when you win a game 105 to 102 in overtime. You know Kyra is going to be asked to carry most of the load. And Georgia understood that too late in regulation. I mean, there, there was no way Georgia was going to let Kyra just attack the rim one more time seeing as how he was sitting with 32 points at the end of regulation. So you absolutely would think there in that situation, a guy like Mike Peake for Georgia would step in and take a charge, and he did that. Even with Jaden Shackelford sitting out there on the wing, a very capable three-point shooter, the one thing Georgia wasn't going to do in that instance was allow Alabama's best player to get to the rim. So you end up going into overtime. You get the job done. It doesn't get any easier this week, as we know. But at least if you're Nate Oates, you can kind of keep that carrot out in front of the cart going into the week. You got the road trip to Auburn. Auburn now 16-0 and this season at home following that improbable comeback late in regulation to get that game to overtime before needing a – what was the essentially a buzzer beater uh, to win that game against LSU on a runner that certainly got a very home gym friendly bounce there before falling through, but give Auburn all the credit in the world, figuring out ways to win games, whether it's on the road coming from behind from some big deficits here in the last couple of weeks to get the job done and then defending that home court. And with that, now you've got, a three-way tie atop the SEC standings with Auburn, Kentucky, LSU, all at eight and two in league play. And if you're Alabama, you're going to have two of those three this week. Auburn midweek on Wednesday. LSU returns the earlier game in which Alabama made the trip to Baton Rouge. LSU in here on Saturday. So if you're Alabama, realistically, you get a split this week. You get to 14 and 11 overall six and six in the league you still got home games with a&m south carolina and vanderbilt road games at ole miss mississippi state and missouri your metric should look still pretty good if you go one and one this week uh and again you can realistically sort of sell to your team if you're nato that everything is still kind of on the table you go oh and two this week that's uh that can be a tougher sell, but uh, it's still in play at least for this Alabama team moving forward. And again, Auburn just playing really good basketball and uh, you know doing it a, a, a couple of different ways. But really, when you look at it right now, the three teams in this league that have sort of next level dudes, they're all three tied for the SEC lead. Uh, at eight and two. So you got Alabama hoops with another big week coming up uh, following the win over Georgia on Saturday in Athens. Wasn't the best of starts to the 2020 season down in Tallahassee for Alabama softball. The Crimson Tide goes one and three in tally. Uh, Weekend started well enough. Their early game on Friday, you had two games against North Carolina, two against ninth ranked 
and host Florida State. The early game on Friday, uh, Alabama takes care of business against North Carolina. Goes into that nightcap Friday night, cruising along at 7-2 going into the bottom of the seventh. The change is made from starter Montana Fouts to Crystal Goodman to close out the homestanding Seminoles. And uh, the Knowles end up getting the job done, tying the game with seven in the bottom of the seventh with four of those coming on a grand slam after Fouts had re-entered the game for Crystal Goodman. So, you know, softball's different like that in that you can sort of re-enter and do stuff like that. Uh, That's what Alabama attempted to do, but uh, Florida State, to its credit, comes from behind, wins that game on Friday night. 8-7. to Uh, Then Alabama has to turn right around in the early game on Saturday, face the Seminoles again, uh, sort of limped into that one and took a 8 to nothing loss in five innings, got run-ruled for its troubles, and then looked like in the nightcap or in the final game on Saturday as if it would beat North Carolina, go 2-2 on the weekend. Okay, you know, you can kind of deal with that. Obviously, Three and one is what you're looking for, if not four and zero. Oh, uh, split with Florida State, win a couple against North Carolina, and go about your business. Uh, but then Alabama once again in the fourth and final game of the weekend can't finish out the game, and uh, North Carolina ends up coming from behind to walk off the Crimson Tide uh, in the seventh of that game, and kind of like Alabama men's basketball, doesn't get any easier for Patrick Murphy's team this week, headed down to that St. Pete Clearwater Elite Invitational, where Alabama, among others, will see Washington and UCLA, the Pac-12 powers, on Thursday and Friday, respectively. Both those games, by the way, are going to have a first pitch, scheduled first pitch. We'll see how it goes with these events. Uh, 3 p.m. Central against Washington on Thursday. 3 p.m. Central against UCLA on Friday. Both those games will air on ESPNU. So bounce back mode for Patrick Murphy's team moving into the week. Also want to talk some football with you. Alabama, as we've learned here in the last few days, 10 NFL Combine invitees. Uh, You you expected most of these names, Raquan Davis, Trayvon Diggs, Anthony Jennings, Jerry Judy, Terrell Lewis, uh, Xavier McKinney, Henry Ruggs III, Tua Tonga-Vailoa, Jedrick Wills. I was interested to see how a guy like Shaheem Carter and or Jared Maiden would kind of fare on this list or if they would be on this list. Well, it was Shaheem Carter that got the combine invite after Jared Maiden got the Senior Bowl invite. So it was Shaheem Carter. They kind of flip-flopped. Shaheem Carter with a, a NFL Combine invite. Not so much for Jared Maiden. So you'll have an even 10 Alabama players set to attend the 2020 NFL Combine. You know, Tua Tagovailoa, based on his comments uh, while working the media rounds prior to the Super Bowl a couple weeks ago, indicated that he had an important checkup with his medical staff, I believe for today. The date he mentioned was February 10th, which, well, that's today, right? Uh, Was supposed to go in or is supposed to go in and have another scan and or MRI done. 
to sort of evaluate where that hip is at in its recovery and his return and maybe provide more of a, a concrete timeline for, for what he's looking at as far as the draft process and what he may or may not be able to do. Now, medicals are going to be huge up in Indianapolis for a couple of these guys. Obviously, Tua, that's going to be all it's about is the medical perspective. But I think it's going to be really big for Terrell Lewis, too, just because of his history. Uh, there were issues with that knee that he, he had to sort of try to overcome uh, just to, to be able to play as much of a role as he did during the 2019 season. So he's very much going to be under that microscope. Anthony Jennings is going to be another guy that's going to be thoroughly evaluated. They're all thoroughly evaluated. But when you have a, a history uh, that is dotted with multiple injuries – uh, typically, you're going to be poked and prodded even to a higher extreme than some of the other guys. I'll tell you a guy that's very intriguing as we go into this phase of the draft process. And this is based more on the mocks and those type of things. But boy, based on buzz, and when you talk about the Mel Kuyper Juniors and the Daniel Jeremiah's and uh, Todd McShay's, and you look at some of these early mocks, Seems like there's more and more buzz about Jedrick Wills at the offensive tackle spot. Uh, seeing Jedrick Wills listed as a top 10 type of prospect at this point. So, uh, looks like Jedrick Wills, based on the mocks anyway, who knows how it'll actually play out, uh, has, has made the, the right decision in coming out after his third year at UA. You're seeing Xavier McKinney show up as uh, more and more as the first safety to go in this 2020 NFL draft, uh, hearing a lot of buzz about teams trying to make a move at the top of the draft, perhaps in dealing with Cincinnati to try to get up there to number one, to take a shot at presumably Joe Burrow, the quarterback from LSU and how that could impact Tua uh, moving forward. Still a long way to go. A lot of mile markers still to pass as far as the combine goes and, on-campus pro day workouts, private workouts, private evaluations, interviews, all that stuff that we've got to go through in the lead-up to the 2020 NFL Draft. Did you catch any of the XFL, by the way, over the weekend? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Now, it seems like with every one of these leagues, even with the AAF a year ago, a lot of excitement, right, the first week or two. The ratings look good. You know, there's some... Interesting uh, changes and rules, and and uh, how the game is presented on television. Uh, the transparency is something that a lot of fans gravitate towards. In other words, being able to listen in on coach-player discussions, or you know, the headset type of interaction that you have between the box and down on the sideline. It's almost like NASCAR from that standpoint. How you can get those NASCAR headphone you know, pit, uh, setups and, and listen in on what's going on between the pits and the driver almost has that feel to it. But I, I think it's good stuff from that, that standpoint. And I think it can also make for smarter fans in general because it's, it's pretty educational. You know, it's some, it's some inside baseball. Uh, and, and, you know, obviously I think fans love, having sideline reporters going up to a poor kicker after he misses a 35-yard field goal and going, hey, what the heck happened? 
on that field goal. And you know, imagine being one of these players never having had that shoved in your face in game. You expect it after the game when you're in the locker room or you're at a in a press setting, but you know, here comes the sideline reporter wanting to know what happened on the missed field goal or you know why you didn't down a punt inside the five like we saw in one of the games on Sunday. Um, but it's also cool because you, you can catch up with with uh, coaches, players that you're kind of wondering, or even if you aren't wondering, you're like, hey, that's what happened to that guy. Like, look, if, if we had Jerry Glanville in a dead or alive pool, I, I don't know if I would get that right. But Jerry Glanville's not only alive, he's a defensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Vipers. You know, probably left tickets yesterday in New York uh, for that for that New York Tampa Bay game for left tickets for Elvis. Remember when Jerry used to do that? He was a head coach, I guess, with the the Falcons. Yeah, was Jerry Glanville head coach for the old Oilers too? I think. Yeah. Uh, it was cool to see Bradley Sill, the former Alabama defensive back, with a pick six on Saturday for D.C. You know, Hal Mummy, the former Kentucky coach, the Air Raid uh, founding father, is the offensive coordinator for Bob Stoops in the Dallas Renegades. Jordan Tamu, the former Ole Miss quarterback, behind center for the St. Louis team. Yeah, it's kind of a where-are-they-now league. But I do think, again, the presentation – is such that it, it will it will pique the interest of fans for a while. I'm going to want to see more than a week or two of ratings before I'm ready to to sort of rubber stamp the XFL is for here to stay. Uh, but so far, so good. You know, and as long as people can bet on something, you know, you'll have leagues like the XFL. This is uh, filling the hole for the degenerate gambler as much as anything else. And it doesn't hurt that Vince McMahon, who has a big chunk of money in this league, as we know, uh, also has a stake in the uh, fantasy football industry. So all these things tend to tie together when you talk about ventures like the XFL. Hey, we got a big week in store for you at BamaOnline.com. Coming up, you got Alabama baseball uh, cranking up this weekend at the Joe Northeastern coming in for a season opening series against the Crimson Tide. Big things or bigger things anyway, anticipated for Brad Bohannon's club in 2020. So you're going to have baseball joining into the mix. Now, as we've talked about, you've got this intersection of winter and spring sports coming together. So plenty to get to always a lot of football talk, always a lot of college football recruiting talk at BamaOnline.com, our staff with Tim Watts, Hank South, Charlie Potter, Kirk McNair, myself. We're always going to do our very best to keep you up to speed on all of those topics. The Roundtable, the premium message board there with us at BamaOnline.com, a great place for you to post up and sort of just take it all in from the Alabama Crimson Tide perspective as always appreciate you joining us here on the built by bama online podcast with bol daybreak if you haven't already would you please consider a subscription to the podcast maybe leave us a a rating and a review while you're there that would help us on the old search engines is what i'm told anyway anyway have a great rest of your monday we'll join you again with bol daybreak on wednesday so long everybody